before we come and turn our attention to the Word of God, let me take just a moment to say what a delight it is to be here with you all today on this joyous occasion. Uh, my wife couldn't be here this day because of surgery on Monday, and she would have loved to have been here. But I do want to say on behalf of the elders, my fellow elders and deacons, and the members of Grace Fellowship Church, we are delighted. To, we have prayed and seen God's hand as Christ has raised up a church. He's kept his promise to build his church in, in Boone, North Carolina. I've been asked uh, to bring a charge to you today, Quinn, as the new pastor of the Providence Reformed Baptist Church. And even at the age of 28, this is not, if I can say it respectfully, your first rodeo. <laughs> you were examined and set forth and installed as an elder of another church in May of 2021. And now, two and a half years later, you've been examined again. And your name has been set forth and voted on. Remember that. You were not self-appointed. Mm -hmm. The people of God have laid their hands on you. And under the oversight of Emmanuel Baptist Church, you've been recognized as Christ's gift to his church. Today, fellow elders will lay their hands on you and pray God's blessing upon you as you are formally and officially set apart and recognized as an under-shepherd in the church of Jesus Christ. I know you know this is a solemn responsibility. I hope these passages of scripture come to your mind when you think of your responsibility as an under-shepherd. James 3.1 should come to your mind. Brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you will receive the stricter judgment. I hope you remember Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, which speaks of those who rule and lead the people of God, those who have been called to watch for their souls as those who must give an account to the great shepherd of sheep. I hope you remember the words of the apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4.1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing. Preach the word. Mm -hmm. One pastor reflecting on this verse said this. I solemnly charge you, he speaks of this verse of the Apostle Paul in the presence of God. Timothy must give an account of his ministry to the judge of all creation, the maker of heaven and earth. Paul is essentially saying the audience for this solemn oath-taking ceremony is the Lord himself. Mm -hmm. Paul wants Timothy to be aware that preaching must be carried out under God's watch and in his presence. The Lord himself is Timothy's ultimate audience. God is watching what he is doing. Quinn, God is watching what you are doing. You must always remember that your responsibility is to him. So I've been asked, Quinn, to briefly exposit regarding the office of an elder and exhort you. With God's help, I'll do my best to exhort you and to be brief. <laughs> Pray for me. In your studies, I'm sure you've come across those Greek words in scripture 
that describe the office that you desire. Presbyteros, an elder, one of age, of maturity and character. It does not speak so much of a man's age in this regard, but you must be a man of maturity, a man of proven character. Episcopos, an overseer, one who watches over and cares for the flock of God. Poimane, a shepherd, a pastor, one who feeds the flock of God, one who leads the flock of God, and one who protects the flock of God. When the Bible is full of encouragements, directives, and warnings for you as you take up this task. The Old and New Testaments are rich with instruction to the service of God as to their duty, privileges, and God's provisions regarding the function of a pastor. Remember these passages. Meditate on these passages. Passages such as 2 Corinthians chapter 1 through chapter 5 as we read of the pastoral ministry of the ministers of the new covenant. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 describes Paul's pastoral relationship to the Thessalonians and what care he took with the people of God. He was not just a preaching machine. He was a shepherd of souls. And even though Timothy and Titus had unique positions as apostolic representatives, the epistles written to them are full of instructions for pastors. For in them we find the qualifications for bishops, overseers, and elders. However, there are two New Testament passages that specifically address elders as elders. In Acts chapter 20, we find the Apostle Paul on the shore speaking to the Ephesian elders and exhorting them. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter exhorts the elders and he refers to himself, even though an apostle, as a fellow elder. That being said, I have decided to call our attention to a portion that I believe is familiar to most of us in this place. The reason I say that is because Quinn has preached from this passage recently in his expositions of this epistle. So let me call you, brethren, to the word of God as recorded in the first book of Timothy, chapter 4. First Timothy, as we turn to this passage, let it not be looked upon as merely instruction to Quinn alone. But you, the people of God, must understand what the chief shepherd, the head of the church, expects of this young man. His job description is clearly set down by his sovereign. So your expectations of him must match the word of God. No more and no less. Be careful and understand what God has called you to do and instruct the people under your care to know what God has called you to do. First Timothy. Did I say second Timothy? First Timothy. That's what happens when you get to be a, a septuagenarian. <laughs> Look forward to that. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the brethren. 
to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those that hear you. I'd like to call our attention back to verse 12. When Pastor Luke asked me to bring the charge to you, Gwen, the verse that immediately came to my mind is verse 12. I'm thankful that you have been preaching through this letter because it aids my attempt at brevity. <laughs> However, those of you who may not be familiar with this portion of God's word, the Apostle Paul is exhorting this like-minded young man who he calls in verse 18 of the first chapter his son in the ministry. Calls him to be on his guard lest his youthfulness become a liability rather than an asset to the gospel. He says, let no one despise your youth or look down on your youthfulness. One writer has said, let no one despise thee on account of your youth. It's very important that you understand, though you be a young man, God has called you to serve him. Hendrickson believes Timothy was about 34, 39 years of age. And he writes, he must have been considered very young for the position which he occupied. He was an apostolic representative and as such chief over all the Presbyters, as the very name implies. Hendrickson goes on to say, and here is Timothy, a much younger man, and moreover a person of natural reserve and timidity, wielding authority over those who were his seniors by perhaps 10 or 40 years. When, where I come from, they say you're still wet behind the ears. <laughs> or some would say you still have the smell of if meal on your breath. <laughs> People don't mind young preachers, but young pastors are another story. I remember preaching as a teen during a youth month at our church. And I was about to give an illustration. And so I introduced my illustration with this statement. When I was young, <laughs> and that's what the congregation did. <laughs> they erupted in laughter. And I, for the life of me, could not figure out why they were laughing. And he told them that I'm still young. But also, perhaps it was amusing that this young fellow was trying to sound like an old preacher. I've had classmates who started preaching before they were teenagers. They're all over the YouTube, little preachers. I can't judge their motives or their sincerity, but people listen to them as entertainment. Mm -hmm. They're entertaining, much like what we read in Ezekiel chapter 33. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song, 
of one who has pleasant voice and can play well on the instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. Mm -hmm. People are often impressed and even amused by the gifts and Bible knowledge of a young preacher. But when he obeys the exhortation of 1 Timothy 4.11, these things command and teach. People say, now preacher, you done gone from preaching to medical. People don't want to take that type of authority from a man who is not even half their age. When there are saints in this congregation, there are going to be saints and believers in the church that you pastor who will say, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost before April 25th, 1995. <laughs> so Quinn, how do you gain the respect and esteem of those under your care? How do you do that? How do you keep men from despising and not despising your youthfulness? How do you escape this? Do you call a church meeting next Sunday and declare from that this day forward, you shall be addressed as the Reverend Quinn Prevet, <laughs> or at least Pastor Prevet, and my dear wife Rose shall be referred to as the First Lady. <laughs> but brother, I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic and I'm all for verbally showing respect. We grew up in an age where adults were addressed with handles, Mr. or Mrs. And if there were friends in our family who were close to us, though they were not blood relatives, they were uncles and aunts. We don't go to the White House, even if you didn't vote for the president, you don't go to the White House and say, hey, Joe. <laughs> you say, Mr. President. Mm. That's, a, that's a sermon for them. <laughs> But demanding that you be called pastor, or people recognize you, don't take offense, brother, if folks don't call you Pastor Quinn. Mm -hmm. If they call you by your first name, Paul has a remedy for people looking down and despising your office. Paul has a different solution. Look back at verse 12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Patrick Fairburn says he calls this but a sort of counteractive to being despised. Quinn, Paul is calling Timothy and he's calling you to act in opposition and to frustrate by contrary action the, disagree, the dis disagreement and the, dis the despising of men. Don't be characterized by the folly and immaturity of youth, but be an example. All believers need to see your example. You must be an example that all the believers will be disposed to esteem and love you. The apostle lists five things on that list. He says in word, you must be an example. In conduct, you must be an example. In love, you must be an example. In faith, you must be an example. And in purity, 
you must be an example. No. If you're reading the King James or the New King James Version, it'll, it'll add in spirit to the list. But most translations list five things that you must be an example of. In the middle of that list is love. Time will not permit us to look at all of those. I just want to focus in on you must be an example of one in love. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to press on to your heart this morning, or this afternoon. You must be an example to believers in love. I've created a little acrostic to help you memorize the areas in love that you must be exemplary in. Those things which you must shine in. GRP. GRP. You are to love. So when you feel a little weak and spiritually discouraged, remember GRP. That doesn't stand for get right, preacher. <laughs> but rather, be an example to the believers in love. In love to God, G. In love to Rose, R. And in love to Providence, the P, Reformed Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. John 15, 9 says, Abide in my love, our Lord says. And in Mark, 20, in Mark 12, 30, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jude 21 tells you, Quinn, to keep yourself in the love of God. If there's one thing you need to be exemplary in, it is your love for God. Of all the things that you love in this earth, Nothing should be as supreme as your love to God. And it must be evident to all who know you that you love God supremely. Mm -hmm. Or you must love your wife. R stands for Rose. Love Rose with your, with your whole heart. The world must see that you are a one-woman man. Mm -hmm. And they must know without a shadow of a doubt that all the temptations that have come to pastors over the years, always remember that God has given you a companion for life. He who finds a wife, the Bible says, has found a good thing and has obtained favor from the Lord. Cherish your wife. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Ephesians 5. Dwell with your wife according to knowledge or in an understanding way, 1 Peter chapter 3. Know her, cherish her as a gift from God. She is your companion. That is the only to death do us part relationship you'll ever know. Mm. Your children, should God be pleased to bless your union with children, they will grow up and leave. Friends will come and go. Church members will come and go. But Rose will be by your side till death do you part. Brother, guard your marriage. The ministry is, has the, the potential to have great strains on your marriage. I've heard preachers' wives say that uh, my husband is in there with his concubines. Mm. He's talking about his books. God's called you to study and prepare. But don't ever let your wife think that you are spending more time there and with her. Study her. Get to know her. 
Protect your time with her. I remember Pastor Martin saying that he protected his time with his family, and that's it. before cell phones. They had phones on the wall. <laughs> and he put a towel over the phone when they had family devotion. We don't answer the phone during family devotion. This is our family time. Mm -hmm. And when people would call to find out, are you available, Pastor? Well, I have an appointment. I can't make it now. What is that appointment? I got to go out in the backyard and play with my kids. Mm -hmm. Don't ever let your family think that they don't have their father. Don't ever let Rose think she doesn't have her husband. Protect that relationship all that you've got. Brethren, you must love God. You must love Rose with all your heart. And you must love the church. Dr. Bob told us something that sticks in my mind. I'm going to go back to loving Rose. He said, Dr. Paul Martin, who's at home with the Lord now, he told us, and it sticks in my mind, he said, young man, it may be God's will for you to be a pastor, but there's no question about you being a husband mm. and a father. That's your primary responsibility, to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Love Providence Reformed Baptist Church. Love one another as I have loved you, our Lord says. This is the Lord's commandment. Here's another commandment from him. That he who loves God must love his brother also, 1 John 4. Meditate on the tenets of Paul expressed in 1 Timothy chapter 2, as we read earlier. It's like a nursing mother. He was like a father who exhorts and comforts and implores his children. The apostle says, you have become dear to us. In all the difficulties of church life. There will be times when you might have to exercise church discipline. There may be counseling sessions that you sit in and you'll say, if you had only been here on the Lord's Day, we covered this in the consecutive preaching of God's Word. But you have to be patient with God's people. You must love them. You must nurture them as a good shepherd. When God calls us to forgive one another. He says, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. When you think it's hard to love people, when it's hard to forgive people, look in the mirror and see what great mercy God has bestowed upon you. May God grant you much grace and much help to love his people, to love Providence Reformed Baptist Church. I echo the words of the apostle who said this. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. 1 Peter chapter 5, okay. verses 2 to 4. Brother, keep your eye on eternity and labor with that light in view. Your Savior, your Savior is watching. Your Savior is returning. And you want to hear him say when he returns, serve well done. My good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, we pray.
that you would help our brother quit to be faithful and not allow men to despise him because he is a young man. We pray, Father, that he might dispel all those who would despise him by the example of a godly life. We pray, Lord, that the things which he preaches might be true of him and that you might bless his labors. Oh, Lord, we pray. Build your church here. Encourage the saints here by the ministry of our dear brother. We look forward to that day when we shall see you, Father. And we shall see our Savior returning in glory. We thank you and praise you in his blessed name. Amen. Amen. Amen.